Domestic Violence Awareness Part 2. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues, so do the challenges it brings for families experiencing domestic violence. Families are quarantined with their abusers, and the financial and emotional stress caused by the pandemic creates the perfect storm. NBC News reports domestic violence murders were declining in Tarrant County three years before the pandemic. Eight homicides were reported last year. That number has more than doubled this year. In the U.S., one in four women will experience domestic violence. In Tarrant County, one in three women will experience it in their lifetime. Domestic violence is a growing issue around the country and right here at home. It does not discriminate, regardless of race, gender, age, religion, socioeconomic status. Domestic violence affects all people. There are many common misconceptions around domestic violence. One being domestic violence is just between spouses. However, this term covers abuse in the home by any family member, parents, siblings, aunts, uncles. Intimate partner domestic violence is specifically between significant others, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, you get the picture. ACH's Transitions Program Manager, Nick Little, joins us again to tell us more about those misconceptions about intimate partner domestic violence. Education is part of what his team does in our Families Together program, which provides housing to single mothers and their children who have become homeless after leaving an abusive situation with their partner. Stay tuned as we dive deeper into statistics, patterns, causes, and the long-term effects of trauma and more. All too often, situations of intimate partner domestic violence take a deadly turn. Those who survive it are then faced with leaving their whole lives behind. I think the one that I hear the most is, why doesn't the victim leave? I mean, it's just as simple as walking out the door. It's a lot harder than that, especially when you deal with all the, the parts of that person's life, especially if this is a husband or you know just a spouse. They might have decades of time together years of time together, kids together, all these things get thought about when this is happening. And while it seems so easy in our minds when we're thinking about it, the fear that a person's going through, the fear that their child might be harmed if they try to leave, the fear that they might be harmed, ultimately leaving their child with this abuser, all these things you know, are, are, are what's playing in our, our clients' heads. Nationally, 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner. But it's important to note, not all abuse is physical. Domestic violence has many different types of abuse. Usually people think physical abuse is the only uh, type of abuse that people think of when they think of domestic violence. But ultimately, there's psychological abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, being in control. Don't allow them to leave their house controlling the things that they do, not not seeing friends or only specific people that they approve of, but it also can be threats of violence to their significant others, to their family, to their kids. Sexual abuse is another type of domestic violence. There's a misconception behind it that because you're being abused by your husband, that can't be sexual abuse or a boyfriend uh, when that's not true. It's an unwanted aggressive act towards that person. All these things play a role in the ultimate trauma that our women experience when they come into a program like this. Abusive and violent behavior in a relationship is almost certain to be repeated again and again 
without intervention. Children raised in chaotic, abusive environments are seven times more likely to grow up and model the same behaviors as adults in the home. When we talk about the big picture of how domestic violence impacts society, I think it's definitely something people should care about. It creates a cycle of violence. The kids are seeing their mothers harmed verbally, physically, sexually in some cases. That's that's jarring. And knowing what trauma does to the brain, it's going to affect that mother. It's going to affect that child potentially for years, maybe even decades down the road if they're not able to get that help. Um, and oftentimes the kids are forgotten in this sense in the fact that it can hurt them. A lot of times if you just get them out of the situation, people feel that's enough. But if they're not getting the care that they need, whether it's counseling or some kind of service like that, they could be affected for the rest of their lives. Ultimately, like I said, creating that cycle of violence and those kids growing up to either participate in domestic violence by being physical or aggressive with their spouse or significant other or being the, the victim of it, uh, which we see quite often um, in our in our care where some of the, the women that come into the program, their families experience domestic violence or their families experience some kind of violence in their life. So it just perpetuates a cycle that hopefully we can stop with extra help. Statistics shows a prevalence of this issue but there aren't exactly specific groups or populations targeted by it. Domestic violence affects everyone. Doubt, invalidation, and the lack of awareness only fuels perpetuation. There's also misconceptions that domestic violence only happens to poor, poor people, that it's not something that can happen to well-off people. We've had ladies talk about their husband or their significant other being well-regarded in their community, people that can be looked up to. Or people aren't going to believe me because this person just seems so nice. A husband can't rape their wife. Why don't you just give him what he wants? You know, these are all the kind of things that I hear. Um, you're just exaggerating. It can't be that bad. I don't see any bruises on your face. You know, again, going back to the idea that physical violence is the only way that domestic violence presents. No. You could be psychological, like I said, keeping you trapped in the house where you can just be a mother that stays in the house all day and can't see friends. All those things are, are common misconceptions. Our staff understand after families have escaped an abusive and potentially fatal situation, their trauma makes it that much harder to feel safe again. We've talked about felt safety, the feeling of being safe, and how traumatic experiences compromise that feeling in the kids, young adults, and the mothers we help. You know, I think about how trauma affects the women that we work with at Families Together um, in their present lives. You know, we've learned so much about trauma with the kids that we work with, and that's no different when dealing with adults. Much of the issues that we're trying to work through and ultimately get them to a place of normalcy, they're dealing with struggles like trust issues, um, doubt. You know, I, I hear lots of women talk about how they're just, I'm so stupid for staying in this relationship for so long, you know, beating themselves up, um, having trust issues. I've known this man for most of my life. How did I not see this happening? How can I trust anybody if I couldn't trust this guy? That's, that's difficult and causes a level of trauma, you know, ultimately PTSD uh, type symptoms that are post-traumatic stress syndrome that 
a lot of our our ladies really struggle to deal with because it puts it puts so much shame on them embarrassment um, I'm a grown woman and I can't I have to live in a, a homeless setting I can't take care of my kids um, these are the traumas that they're that they're experiencing you can damage people that have already had mental health issues even more they lose that sense of felt safety that they have in their homes and in their lives and they have to rebuild that that's not an easy thing to do and especially when you tag on the fact that they have kids and their kids are also they've lost that felt safety you might have a child that can't trust men or can't trust other adults and is always timid or looking over their shoulder scared for their mom every time their mom leaves the house or they have to separate those are traumas that they're dealing with on a daily basis that affects even basic things like going, getting a job, going to a job, that's really difficult. And that's why it can take 12 to 18 months to get them to a place um, where they're able to have, again, that normalcy that we're looking for. For 12 to 18 months, the Families Together program helps mothers and their children work through their trauma and prepare them for the next phase in their lives. The ideas of trauma and what that looks like, we also help them with the concrete things to get them back to a place of living a normal daily life. Um, they can get counseling services through us where they can see a counselor as often as they would like. They are able to have case management services um, with their own individual case manager that sits down and does a plan of service with them that really focuses on what are the goals that they want to accomplish while they're in this program. A big one that we always want to do with our ladies is savings. We know that that's going to be a thing that's going to be a barrier to getting back on their feet is getting a house or getting an apartment and being able to pay the rent. So having a savings program where they're paying rent while they're here to us, but that rent money goes back to them when they leave the program. So they'll have a nice amount of savings on top of whatever they're making while they're working. We also have family care specialists that work with them on a daily basis to just do the normal everyday things. Um, you know, because of trauma, a lot of our ladies are living in kind of day-to-day -day crisis and the family care specialists are really there to help them understand how to calm all that and deal with it in a positive way so that them and their children can live. Like we mentioned earlier, Education for the mothers about domestic violence is part of the package in Families Together. Clients are educated on what to look out for the next time they're involved in a romantic relationship so the cycle of violence doesn't repeat itself. Oftentimes, you might see that happen again. So if they can kind of see the little red flags that they might, um, boyfriend might be a little too controlling when they first meet him or um, say something you know, a particular way or be a little aggressive, that can be a red flag that goes off in their head and that there, there is enough work. They have the worth to say no and get out of this relationship. That's a big part of what we're trying to do. Education, emotional support, housing, resources, it all comes together to help these mothers overcome their trauma, reclaim their independence, rebuild their lives, and empower them with the tools they need to be self-sufficient. Next time on Community Conversations, we'll be hearing from a former Families Together client and domestic violence survivor, Amanda.
I think Amanda's experience in our program can really be enlightening for people because it hits on a lot of these misconceptions that we've been talking about. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Sources for this episode include stjudehouse.org and our community partner, Safe Haven of Tarrant County. Help us spread the word about this growing issue in Dallas-Fort Worth. Rate, review, and subscribe to Community Conversations, a podcast by ACH Child and Family Services. The more reviews we have, the easier it will be for others to discover this podcast. You can be an advocate for youth and families in need by sharing this podcast with a friend. We'll catch you next time on Community Conversations.